Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson, and it's finally arrived. That's right. The coaching carousel has come to a multi-month conclusion. We have filled all of the jobs at the FBS level, which means Barton. We have spent some time in the film room. We have been in the vault. We have reviewed all of the introductory press conferences. Your thoughts after our research session. First of all, uh... I wonder, do you remember how many head coaching changes there were last year? More. Yeah. I mean, this number started to creep up by, uh, by the time, by, you know, by January. At one point it looked like we were going to have a, a really, quiet really slow sh- one. Quiet yeah. little show. Yeah. But, uh, but now we're up to 26 as we, as we dig into the press conference episode. Um, and, uh, I, it kind of ended up being a pretty interesting hiring cycle. Uh, we will, give the press conference grade but more importantly we're going to rank the hires right right there it, this is not just uh this is not only us bringing our uh like you know what this is that we just got let loose it's summertime it's the off season we're out of school and they sent us to art camp and we're really excited to show y'all what we brought back from art camp <laughs> right. I, right. we hope that this goes on the uh proverbial refrigerator in your house because you know we we tried really hard with the supplies that miss frizzle put out at the art camp yeah and not everybody can go to art camp and not everybody uh has the time for art camp maybe you got jobs you got to do for to bring you know bring in some allowance but uh we we did the the dirty work that you couldn't uh we mined these pressers when you couldn't, and uh, we're going to let you know what kind of coach you're getting. All right, so do you want to start at the top? Bottom. I say we go bottom okay, up. Okay, all right. Uh, all right, Barton. So we're, we're, using your, we're using your list as the, as, as the definitive ranking. So new, your number 26 hire of this cycle, who'd you go with? Uh, I went with Scott Leffler of Bowling Green. Mm. Can I, can, this is, we won't spend a lot of time on some of these hires towards the bottom. I was just sort of struck by how how this hire like nothing about this hire hit me as as a positive like he's 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 never been a head coach uh he's he's his offensive coordinator offenses at temple he had the 35th best offense in the country they're the 65th best before he got there and 99th after so that's that one he was good okay so he had a good year at temple in 2011 2012 they're 75th before this is at Auburn. Then they're 90th after the year he was there and 8th the year he left. 8th, yeah. 90th to 8th. And talk to any Auburn fans about what they think <laughs> about Scott Leffler. Yeah. Virginia Tech, he was there 2013 to 2015. All right, they're 93rd in offense before he got there. After he got there, 107, 108, 92, and then 68th the year he left. Uh 2016 to 2018 at BC. Before he got there, they were 124th in the country. After he got there, they were 126th, 109th, and 93rd. Like, 
okay, so that, so there's that, and then man, the press conference, uh, the my press conference grade is a just an F, like nothing exciting, nothing energetic, nothing interesting said. There were three questions they took at the press conference. Everybody wanted to get the hell out of there. Uh, Bowl, you know, I don't know what Bowling Green's options were. I just don't. I don't quite get this one. I think that when you are just throwing the keys to Scott Leffler, you just assume that he's going to be. He's going to return the car, right? Like you just you you figure that Scott Leffler, he's going to take the car out and he's going to bring it back. And yeah, it might have gotten a little scratch in the parking lot, but it's still going to run. He's not going to total the car. I mean, the Mac, it, tough in the Mac. I mean, I, the, the the Mac is going to pepper our early rankings here because it's tough to it's tough to hire in the Mac. Um, so I'm not going to hate on, on the hiring process too much. I just, you know what? Sometimes you it takes these press conferences to learn to decide you like these guys. Uh, I went in with low expectations for Scott Leffler and the press conference lowered them even further. Okay, let's go to the next one. Who you got next? I got next Akron. Speaking of the Mac, Tom Arth. He was nine and thirteen in two seasons at Chattanooga. Uh, Forty and eight in three seasons at John Carroll, a Division three school. And I actually did not realize this. Or at least I didn't. If I, if I knew it at one point, I'd forgotten it. Um, he was the backup for Peyton Manning with the Colts for a few years. Wait, but that, that, so he's, a young, he's a good. So that means he's a. It means he's a good guy, but not necessarily as good of a quarterback. That's Did, right. Didn't Peyton Manning yeah. always want to keep around somebody that made sure that Peyton, nobody was asking for the backup? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and some someone that would make the the quarterback room a fun place to be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, hey, he struck me as that kind of guy. He, he, he was, I was I was more impressed with him than I thought I'd be in the press conference. I gave him I gave his press conference a B plus. Um, Do you want to play this compensation package part? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a good. There, yeah, this will this gives you a little idea about what he's stepping into. This is the president of the university speaking. Full beard. Looks like he just woke up. Kind of very academic looking dude. Very, uh, very much so. <laughs> I play it. A compensation will be only slightly higher than that of the previous coach. Um, we think that's a very fair uh, compensation package, but it will remain one of the lowest in Division <laughs> One football. And that's important to know about that. Sorry, sorry, Tom. I, I, I don't know if we told you about that. Um, but, 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 fellow, there's room to grow. You know, those uh, championships you're talking about, you know, that could all work out. Um, but, of course, we have to be fair to the previous coach who uh, poured out his heart and soul here and did some really good things. Man. An opportunity to shape their lives and to create those types of experiences for them in Northeast Ohio. And I think that this Boy, place, he's young. This place- he's real young. Yeah, he's like he's like my age, I think. Yeah, how young am I? Am I young? I'm glad to hear that. Glad well, to hear I'm really. Young. Well, listen, your your face, Tom Arth's face says, uh, "I'm I'm now finally uh, getting kicked off my parents' health insurance." Right. He right. may be 38, like but he doesn't look <laughs> much older than 26. And it sounds like he's not making much more money than me either. Uh, so that's encouraging. He's sort of a, he's a peer in that regard, I guess. Uh, 
that was cla- like I don't know what I guess the president was trying to say like don't worry all my fellow academics like like we're not valuing football too much like we're still paying we're not paying him much like right. but it was I, I I was happy to hear that he felt it very necessary to to, to say how low they're how, how low ball they're, they're going with their coach all right who we got next uh twenty fourth I got Northern Illinois Thomas Hammock you know I mean. Uh, the presser was C plus maybe. Uh, I didn't have much interesting from it, but you know this is a guy who's coached under uh, Barry Alvarez. Uh, he's coached at Minnesota before. He comes from the Ravens. He's a Northern Illinois alum. You know he kind of checks all the boxes for a MAC coach. You'll find like the common theme in all these MAC hires is like you know, hiring someone that knows the culture of the program. Um, and you know, he, he, he fits that. Um, but you know, hard to, hard to leave the presser like super impressed and, and hard to really know what to make of him as a coach. Cause he's never been an off, he's never been a, um, uh, offense coordinator and he's never been a head coach. So, you know, we'll, we'll all just find out if he's any good. And, and isn't he, uh, he's the, like one of the many, superstar running backs in that line like there is a very successful line throughout especially the like early 2000s mid late 2000s and maybe even all the way i guess you would say to to jordan lynch but there's been a really good line of niu running backs him being the beginning of it definitely feels like a and this it feels like the northern illinois university has decided that the the job of running the football program ha- has now moved in. They're moving into that new era of understanding that being able to be a communicator, being able to be a CEO, and you know all, all of these intangibles could end up holding weight over what was traditionally maybe more of a X's and O's, coaching them up, work your way up the line, got to be a coordinator before you're a head coach type job path. Yeah. And I mean, look again. When you're when you're the Mac, you're not going to hire anybody with like you're not going to hire someone that everyone else wants. So there's not going to be the perfect resume. But hey, this this seems like one that fits. My number twenty three top hire was Tyson Helson, Helton at Western Kentucky. Uh, B minus presser. His you know he's all about the exciting brand of football. Tremendous in reaching big, out to me. Um, the excitement that they have. Um, I have it. I was able to do the things that I wanted to do in my career because of those guys. Um, they gave me the opportunity to move on professionally, um, and I, it's really special for me to come back here and, and get those guys back involved. And, and I appreciate those players and thank them very much. Um, so he wants an exciting brand of football. Yeah, and he was talking about the guys that he had just previously coached. I guess like what four years ago when he was there. Uh, and you know, I think part of my problem here is like, it, it appears that Tennessee was looking for, uh, you know, to, to find a different offensive coordinator and Phil Fulmer called up Western Kentucky and said, Hey, hire this guy as your head coach. Do me, you know, do me solid here. They took care of him, and you know, now he's the head coach, but I, I'll say this, I mean, anytime you're, and this happened a few here spots in this cycle. When you're hiring someone as an athletic director that you've already watched work, I mean, you got to think they know what they're doing. And so I'm going to give them sort of the benefit of the doubt here. 
that after watching him work under Jeff Brom uh, at Western Kentucky previously, they they kind of know what they're doing here. And he does he does appear to be. I mean, I kind of find myself falling asleep in the presser a little bit. Right. But uh, but his 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 message is that you won't be falling asleep at the games. Um, I think that your uh, knowledge of the inner political dynamics of that region is fantastic. Hey, 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 hey. You, don't you, why don't you give old Tyson a job? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, that cracks me up. Um, here's the other thing I would say. Hey, Tyson, I'm glad you've got these uh, pre-established relationships around the Western Kentucky community because they dropped their last bow real quick. Mike Sanford, they turned on Mike Sanford real fast. So. Well, remember Western Kentucky had such like they were on that streak where they did Brom and then Petrino. Petrino. And, oh, no, first was Taggart. It was Taggart, then Brom, then Petrino, all of whom went on like in their next stops to be really successful. And so they're on a hot streak. They're, talk about a heat check. They went and said, "All right, next next young up and comer." And not that Petrino's a young up and comer, but, but next. Uh, next home run hire, Mike Sanford, and that was that, that didn't hit. No. Uh, um, so now they went back to sort of the back to the well a little bit for someone of from the the Jeff Brom tree for for Tyson Hilton. All right, who we got coming up next? Now we got our first Power Five. All right, tw- tw- twenty-two. My, my number twenty-two hire, Les Miles. Um, the presser grade is an A plus for entertainment value. It's a maybe a D for you know encouraging me for the future success of the program. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, if you want to sign uh, up for oozing awkwardness, then definitely come to Lawrence for the Les Miles presser. Why don't we get it rolling? Let's see what, okay. what the Les Miles presser have for us. This is uh, you will hear his name be called, but this is our own Dennis Dodd on the scene asking a question that just. Totally has less miles stumped. The wor- stumps them. Yeah, the word salad that comes out is incredible. So get uh, up, get him, Dodd. Let's go. Left side, Dennis Dodd. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. Les, I wonder if you could compare this to when you got to Oklahoma State. I think they had lost eleven out of the past twelve years. And then, why why do you think it took this long uh, to get back in? I uh, the. The similarities between Oklahoma State and and Kansas are are significantly they parallel quite nicely, um, and and the success that that we can factor based on the experiences that we've had there certainly is there. I uh, I I uh, yeah. What? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think that'll be an issue. So um, I, I think there's you know. This long to get back in. The uh, I did not um, expect it to take this long to get back in. Ooh. And um, but you know, as it went, I, I was I was very comfortable with the fact that how I played my cards and the things that I wanted to do, and so the opportunity to. Uh, go forward and, uh, and and you know get a position like Kansas is the thing that we obviously we wanted to do. 
goodness. Oh my god, man. Um I, I think this is gonna be a disaster. I really think this is gonna be a disaster. I think Les Miles got out at the time Les Miles got out, he was already like antiquated a little bit. Right. Like he was coasting to the finish line to a degree. And I don't, he doesn't sound like he's re, like revitalized and he sounds like he's still, he's still sputtering. Like it just, the whole, I mean, I, I just don't think he is as sharp as he once was. And I think the, the sort of folksy, unique way he talks, the kind of humor to it is going to start to lose its its uh, charm as Kansas starts to struggle and as his decisions become really head scratching. Look, I'm I'm still rooting for him, and I hope Kansas is successful. And I get it that Kansas is not typically game to hire big names like this. I, I, so. But I, I don't. I do not believe in this hire. I don't think it's. And, and now they've lost their offensive coordinator. They've yet to hire another one, um, and that's a huge, huge part of the equation because Les is not capable of running the offense himself. No, not in 2019. That's no. just, that that should not be uh, where you are invested. All right, what is your name? I guess we're at 21 right now. 21. UMass. Walt Bell, 34 years old. Um, he was at Florida State last year as their offensive coordinator, but really was just a highly paid GA in that role. Uh, and so I think this will be a better hire than people realize. Uh, he is, he's actually from Dixon County, Tennessee, down the road from me. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he was at one time kind of a hot name in, in college football. Um, and, you know, after that Florida State mess, we'll see what happens. But I, I think for UMass, given what they could have gotten, this wasn't a bad hire. But he's got a little, little, a little southern popped a little southern charm up there in Amherst, Massachusetts. All right, let's see what, as well. Let's see what he brought. Picked a great time for a runny nose. Um, you know, to start, go ahead and get something out of the way. How y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I sound funny. Okay, but not nearly as funny as you guys. Okay, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. No, uh, I think really important to me, you know, in this process is over the last couple of days, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of wonderful folks. Okay, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. President Meehan, obviously. A little how y'all doing for, for, the, for the good people, doing it for the culture is what you're saying? There you go. That's a guy that could get out there and recruit right there. Sounds like someone's going to. Be able to sit in the living room with mom and pop, make them feel okay. Uh, uh, you know, that's uh, yeah. You know, get a little, get a little personality, a little southern, little little, little southern charm there. Um, First of all, we'll- how y'all doing? <laughs> I've hey, got when I, we when we get to another coach, I've got another fun uh, culture, uh, another fun sort of verbal culture exchange. Having played my college football in Connecticut. Uh, I uh, I know that when you get up there, it just deepens the twang. You know, you just you just you just own it. You know, everyone else thinks you talk funny, so you just talk even funnier just to uh, just to to kind of own it. Then when I get down here, everyone thinks I'm a Yankee. Uh, listen, I I my North Carolina comes out much thicker 
when I am away from the comfort zone, probably. No <laughs> like, no doubt. Um, so I think that for Walt Bell, because UMass is independent, right? And are we going to be transitioning yeah. to FCS or are we just live an independent life for now? Just living that independent life. Yeah, I think, I think that that's got to be uh, an eye-opening experience for Walt Bell. I do not think that UMass will be his forever job, but I do think that he will have an opportunity to come out of this a more well-rounded coach than where he was at before. Yeah, and, I, and the, the athletic director of UMass, Ryan Bamford, I think you're hiring someone like Walt Bell fully anticipating that this isn't his dream job, this isn't his final destination, and hopeful that it's not, and hopeful that he coaches there for four years and is so good that he gets a better job, leaves the program better than he left it, and you can hire an even better coach the next time around. All right, who we got coming up next? Coming to the My stage. My number 20 is the Jake Spavital mm. at Texas State. Uh, decent presser, uh, but you know that just looked like it was a little bit of a – I mean, I think Texas State is probably a pretty bad job, um, but he strikes me as someone that can be pretty successful there. Uh, he's got Bob Stitt as his offensive coordinator. Love it. He's got his, got his brother as his defensive coordinator. Um one thing that struck me during that press conference, he's worked the the head coaches he's worked he's worked under. It's impressive. Mike Gundy, Dana Holgerson, Kevin Sumlin, uh, Sonny Dykes, like sort of, you know, kind of a can't miss group of coaches. So that that's and he's he's worked with some really good quarterbacks along the way too, first rounders, um, Johnny Manziel, Davis Webb, uh, Will Greer. So you know he's he's got a for Texas State. That's a that's a pretty dang good resume. I don't know if you're gonna get much better than that. I he has a great resume, but what why does he carry at a lot of stops? Probably both uh, unfair criticism, but a definite amount of fan criticism. Like the 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 mildly educated college football fan knows the names of the offensive and defensive coordinators, and it's not for a positive reason. It's because they just want to have a name to complain about when either the offense isn't calling the plays that they want them to call or defense is getting gashed. I feel like there's a, I feel like he's left a trail of um, frustrated fans who who might be spitting when they say the name Spavital. Yeah, but again, fans are fans, and I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to take that. And Texas State, you're right. Texas State might be hitting it here. But I, I felt like if, if we're judging the hire, I feel like that's worth at least entertaining. I just think Texas State is sort of Mackish in terms of, of prestige. And I mean, if, if, and I think we're comparing Walt, uh, we're comparing Jake Spavital to some of the other like big you know, your type offensive coordinator around college football. And, I just for a Texas State to get a guy like that who's coached those kind of players under those kind of coaches, I think you and who's still young, I think that's a good that's a good get for them. He knows those high schools. He knows those highways. I agree. There's a value. Uh, um, all right, what's yeah. next? Uh, I had Rod Carey at 19 next for Temple. Uh, I, I was I was more impressed with this presser than I thought I would be. And I think he is, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, 
blue-collar, tough football guy kind of guy. And you uh, know, we did a press gonna... conference like this with the whole team. Oh, yeah. I thanked everybody under the sun except my wife. Yeah. That will never happen again, honey. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, my two lovely children, you're a lot older now, Kennedy and Charlie, and I can't thank you enough for your support and love. It's going to be a fun journey uh, with, and, uh, and get better at it. So, guys, I am so excited to be here at Temple. Woo! You know, yeah, I, I just, let me go. tell you a quick thing. I'm a football fan. Ooh, yeah, you okay? are. And a college football fan. And so we play on – we played at Northern on every day of the week possible. So sometimes my Saturdays were wide open to watch college football. And having formed a relationship, um, you know, with uh, Coach Rule in the past, I, you know, I got a chance to watch him a little bit. And you guys had a couple assistant coaches that were actually on my staff that were on the staff under Coach Rule. So I would watch because I had a vested interest in the people here. And when it came to it, man, this is the team I wanted to watch. And it was so fun to watch how they play. Wait, 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 wait. So you had the option between Clemson, Alabama, <laughs> Oklahoma, and Temple was the one to watch? I don't know, Rod. No, I like it. Football guy through and through. Capital F. Yeah, yeah. And that's the what they need. They that, need a, they need that yes. sort of mentality intensity. I gave his presser like a B plus. Um, and look, that's another program that's been on the they're on a hot streak hiring coaches. And this one is you're taking a head coach with a with proven success in a competitive conference. Like there's he doesn't have a significantly better job than uh, the, the teams he's going against, and he has pretty consistent success level. So uh, I think you're I think you're happy with that if you Temple. I agree. All right, what do you have coming up next? North Carolina, number eighteen, Mac Brown is my next one. I don't know where you had it. You're you're a local guy there, so what? I don't know where you you know if you had, this is a higher lower. I thought the presser was like an A A minus. Like I thought I was felt better about the program leaving the presser than I did going in. And I think Mac Brown is willing to accept his role as CEO. Uh, and I think he's – Mac Brown ain't going to outcoach anybody. But I do think he can out-CEO some people. And I do think he's put together a recruiting staff that's pretty good. So I think this is a pretty decent hire. Well, so sort of where I felt come down on. So it. you must be overly positive because if this is our number eighteen hire, I guess that that is you're thinking it is not a middle of the pack hire. I I I had it as a middle of the pack hire. I'm also higher on less miles too, but I'm, I'm an idiot. I packed like, I, I packed Mac Brown, Gary Anderson, less miles into this just group where I don't I don't know if any one of them is going to be like, I don't, I don't know if Gary Anderson's going to have Utah state playing in a new year's six bowl game. I don't know if Mac Brown's going to have Carolina sniffing uh, an ACC coastal division title, or if Les miles will get three straight bowl games. I think those are the ceilings for all three of those programs. But I also don't think I, I am not as much a believer that the floor is that we we are like for sure going to see a disaster in any of those cases. I think well, look. I mean, how much how much more disaster could Kansas get? So I guess in that sense, it can't get any worse. But right. I think there's disaster potential at at, at, at Kansas. Uh, I think Mac Brown is not going to be a disaster, though. I have a hard time seeing like to your point. I think he can keep the keep the car between the lines. 
have a hard time envisioning this take the next step no. and become like a you know a playoff contender or New Year's Six bowl contender under Mac Brown. I could be wrong, but I, looked at I, I have a hard time envisioning that. Different opportunities over the last few years, and Sally and I would sit down, and it didn't seem to be the fit. Didn't be wasn't where we wanted to live. It just didn't seem to be the right place for us. So I asked Sally two years ago, where would we go? She said, I'll coach with you. I'll travel with you three different places. I'll go to Hawaii. I'll go to the Bahamas if they start football. Or I'll go to Chapel Hill. And those are the three places that, uh, that, that I would go. So, do you, know, do you know why Mac Brown is a good fit? Because Mac Brown knows that from a cultural perspective, if someone says, where'd you go to school? There is a very insider answer where you just say Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's insider and old school enough to, to really not only be in touch with uh, that arrogance, which is both you know loving and a fault all at the same time, adorable and all those things, uh, but also be able to cater to it in a way that I don't think Larry Fedora from the jump was going to be able to to jump on board with. No, uh, and I also loved like that was one of those pressers where Max like, you know, oh hey thanks you know uh, uh, hey I see you back there Bob oh you uh, yep uh, uh hey we're we're gonna get back here in the back with uh uh. John and, and Jerry, we're going to get to get to work on these recruits. No, he's, he um, called him out. He was, cause you know, these were members of like, like he had a peach bowl team that was one of the most beloved North Carolina football teams. And Corey holiday was the, the peach bowl MVP and star wide receiver on that team. He said, Corey holiday, Rick Steinbacher, all those boys over there. They're going to, they're going to get me straight. They tell me what's going on. Yeah. Like he knows everybody in the building by their first name. He's got, he knows, he knows, you know, uh, he knows the good lunch spots. He knows, uh, you know, he, no one's got to direct him where the bathroom is. Like he's he's very comfortable in that building, and I think that that's a positive. He knows how to navigate it. He he can be a, you know, uh, but it's uh, it's it's it, it, you know, it makes as I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, like I'm envisioning, like if this doesn't work out for Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, and this starts to work out for Mac Brown, like I feel like I'm starting to have almost zero doubt that Phil Fulmer is just going to be like, you know what? I got this. I, I, I hire myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got it. Uh, I mean, because it's basically, I mean, they they can't they got to be about the same age, right? I would think. Right now, probably. So, this is we'll see. Mac Brown, all the all the old retired fired coaches are counting on you, buddy. Um. Okay. Who's next? Next, 17, Troy, Chip Lindsey. I mean, look, man, this guy, I thought this was an A press conference. I don't know who's following a bigger legend. Uh, Chip Lindsey following Neil Brown at Troy or Chris Kleiman following Bill Snyder at Kansas State. (laughs) Like, they talk about Neil Brown in that press conference. Everybody, the president, the athletic director, Chip Lindsey, they talk about him like he is, is absolutely founded the program like he i mean so that's that's not i mean that's going to be a little tricky and yet that said like i do think chip Lindsay is um he is he's a i just feel like he's a great fit there he's been there he's he knows the program and i've met neil brown and his presser is, is or i'm sorry i met chip Lindsay and his presser has this vibe to it he's a very likable guy and and he's a very sort of down-to-earth 
person and I think that you know that the, the Troy fan base and, and community I think will appreciate that to uh, do everything I can to, to make you proud and and everybody here proud but uh, really really appreciate this opportunity I want to thank our board of trustees I met all, almost all of you I think and some of you I knew from my first uh, stand here and you guys are unbelievable the way you support this university, the mission, and the things that go along with all aspects of our universities in athletics. I think you can just look out the window and see. Oh, he's bubbly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's – but he, he had several, you know, cracked several jokes during it. Um, I think he's – and actually he's a pretty good offense coordinator. I just don't know that we saw it at, at Auburn because, you know, Gus Malzahn sort of keeps his hands on the, on the wheel there. But I'm 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 interested in that one. I, I think he's got really successful. It's just hard to see it's tough with Neil Brown. <laughs> do you think that Neil Brown do you think Neil Brown's shadow at Troy will uh his impact at Troy will be felt and spoken of longer than his tenure at West Virginia? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think the answer's That's, gotta uh, be yes, because he's obviously a fifty year you know, shadow that he's left there in Troy. Like it makes, I wonder if their statue is being like constructed as we speak of like the Neil Brown, Troy statue. Like they, they freaking love him. There. They're going to put his name on the new indoor facility, even though he's still very much an active head coach somewhere else. I mean, a lot of these programs are, you know, guys are leaving for better jobs. Um, and none of them are gushing about their former head guy like like the Troy folks were about Neil Brown. All right, so what about Utah State? They lose Matt Wells to Texas Tech. They get Gary Anderson. It's a very comfortable hire. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that, that's so 16, Utah State, Gary Anderson. Uh, this He was, again, very comfortable in the room. No, clearly knows everybody in there. Uh, was just sort of like, yeah, let's let's uh, got a press conference today. Let's 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 talk through this, have some fun with it, get it over with, get to work. Um, he's got, he still has a house, um, in town apparently. Like never never sold his house because his sons went to Utah State and have been like living in it, um, using it as their like frat house. It's uh, it's a very like interesting dynamic. But I mean, it strikes me as again, Utah State like this is a guy's already had success there. He set the table for Matt Wells, and I don't I don't see why he can't just jump right back in there and and have success again. So I, I think it's a solid hire and a B plus presser. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, who you got coming to the stage next? Up next at 15, App State and Elia 
Drinkowitz. Quarterbacks on the rosters. Uh, you know, we had a couple of guys throw touchdown passes this year that were non-quarterbacks, and that's a big part of what I've learned uh, from my past time with Coach Malzahn, with Coach Harson, and the Boise State background. Tricks and specials are, are really a, a big part of that. And then the last thing is execution. Uh, every player, every play, doing it exactly like your coach to do it. Uh, it doesn't matter what plays you run. It matters what plays you can execute. And our guys have got to be able to execute. You've got to have great teachers and coaches who can come in and make sure that we're all united on the same page so that when we leave that room we we know that each group is going to execute he's definitely going to be the coach that gets picked on at the uh head coach meetings the sunbelt conference he's got he looks like he's about you know 16 years old is that what you're getting at or i mean he just in in a room full of alphas he just looks like the one that's going to get picked on looks like but he's got he does have a presence to him now and i'll say this like he among every coach here He's probably the biggest football guy of them. Like, like when he started now. talking, yeah, when he started talking X, he was doing his old culture, you know, us not us not I, you know, we not me. I don't even know if he used that line, but just that those sort of typical stuff, right? Right. And and then when it was time for him to talk about his his philosophy, man, he lit up. He he could have talked about that all day. And this is a guy who's young again. I think he's only like 36 years old or something. It, you know, he's got no head coaching experience, but he's got plenty of coordinator experience. And, you know, you never know. I mean, these coordinators, you don't know as a head coach. And it's not like he's been, you know, he's not he's not Cliff Kingsbury here who's just been coordinating the, the sexiest offense in town. But he's had success, and he seems to really believe in his system and, I like I like the fit. I like the I like him as a coach, and I think uh, I think this couldn't be be a higher. Uh, who you got coming up next? Fourteenth uh, Maryland, Mike Loxley. I don't know. What do you think about this? Is this too high or too low? No, that's about where I got it. I told you that I'm higher on Mac Brown and Les Miles, and I've got them sort of grouped into this. Uh, this middle pack where it's not the top ten, but I don't, I do not think it's the bottom five or six. Man, he is hiring a staff. I don't know if these guys can coach, but they can recruit. <laughs> I mean, the staff, he like they're going to recruit, and this is a. Uh, I think you, even the hire of Mike Loxley is is very recruiting focused. Someone that can lock down the DMV region, really find success there. I mean, he's done it at, at Alabama. Um, and ultimately though, he had two wins at his last stop at New Mexico. That was a long time ago. Oh, I know. I know. But, but like how things can change. Right. Right. right? I mean, the fact that we think this is a borderline good hire and his only head coaching experience was a utter failure. Yes. A total disaster in every sense, not just wins and losses, but off the field stuff. Like it was just a mess. Three years at Alabama, or what? What he was at? No, he had he went to Illinois. Then after that, I guess. Uh, and then is it Maryland? Years at, it was in Maryland. All right, I'm I'm messing up my timeline here. But either way, he's gotten sort of washed clean at Alabama, and now he's head coach material, I guess. Um, but I I think this is going to be really interesting to see. A because he is clearly going to kind of be a unifier, and I think that was kind of cool that he incorporated the parents of Jordan McNair and his presser. I mean, I think that was important. 
very to have important. their support, and it was you know clearly was important for him to verbalize that. Um, but he is, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be successful. He's going to recruit really well. I think you could make a case that this that he should be ranked a lot higher in this list and a lot lower. I think I, I, either side is defensible. All right, who you got coming to the stage? Up next, Will Healy. Last time uh, I was able to stand up here, a lot of people asked if I was going to introduce my dad. I really am lucky enough to be the new head coach here. I know I look 12. That's okay. That helps me relate. And, and uh, I, I am – let me just tell you something. This is a – I feel like I'm living a dream. And um, this has been a job for me that I've always felt like was a sleeping giant. I've always Woo! felt like had the ability to be giant. one of the top <laughs> programs in college football. I think that's right. When you drive on this campus for the first time and you get a chance to see the facilities, you see the resources. That- the amount of money that Jerry Richardson put into this place. <laughs> the amount of Hardy's money that has just been sprinkled about. This is apparently like a pretty um, appealing job to coaches out there. Six years old. It's really grow again. This is Charlotte for those that didn't know this. Uh, it's in it's it's in a city that's really developing, growing from a population standpoint, a talent standpoint. Uh, it's it's young and they've got a lot of resources. And I think because of all those reasons, and this is a this is a good hire um, because Will Healy's not he's not going to be he's the, he is the he's the Dabo Sweeney of. FCS and now of group of five he's not an X's and O's guy I don't know if maybe Dallas Sweeney's become that but Dabo was never an OC Will is not going to scheme you up he's going to hire a really good staff he's going to recruit his tail off and he's going to like build a roster with a really like positive energy and and he's going to he's going to uh, fundraise he's going to uh, you know he's going to program build beyond just like a roster and so I think Charlotte got a guy that's a perfect fit. Remember, this is, he turned Austin P around from losing 46 to 47 games before he got there, or before uh, uh, until the, the what last year they went eight and four and almost made the playoffs in the FCS. So um, he's kind of getting the band back together from that 2017 team and his coaching staff, and I, I think they're going to have success. Um, it's it's the resources. It's the region and the resources. That's the reason why people sell Charlotte. And you you want to know what the good thing about um, being brand new as a program is? You don't have a history of losing yet. It would take 20 years. It takes what? Maybe 10 years of a certain result for it to become ingrained in a program. I mean, I'm just talking uh, off the top of my head right now. And I wonder what that is. I'm sure that someone's screaming into their headphones uh, about what they think it is. But Charlotte has not been around long enough to have a culture of winning or a culture of losing. And just therefore, by not having a culture of losing, you can in the the immediate, you can just be positioned better than probably 30 to 40% of FBS programs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and, and now he, you know, again, he almost got, got to start from scratch at Austin P. Now he kind of gets to start from scratch at, at Charlotte and just sort of create traditions and create culture. And so I think he'll, I think he'll do well then. Uh, who do you have next? I had a 12 Texas Tech. Uh, Matt Wells from Utah State. Um, he was one of the first hires of the cycle. 
Uh, he was a hot name or a guy that I thought was a really good name maybe three years ago. And they had a couple of just mediocre years at Utah State and then circled back this year and killed it. And I, I think you learn these teams that blow teams out in bowl games without their head coach, I think that's a great reflection on the head coach that left. You know mm, what I mean? Like that yeah. they have sort of a self-coached team. And Utah State was one of those. Um, he was, a, you know, this is a guy that's, has recruited Texas. I mean, Texas Tech is a very Texas program. You know, like they are, they they love that demeanor and mentality and and vibe. And he seems to have embraced that, or is trying to embrace it anyways. And um, uh, I think it's a good fit. It was like a B B ish presser, but uh, pretty good hire. Oh, I've got a couple clips for you. All right, good. I loved Matt Wells' press conference. It was one of my favorites. Nice. First one, um, saying the word ain't. There. Most of all, the thank you goes to my staff and my players at Utah State. I ain't standing here today. Ain't Sorry, I guess that's okay now in Texas, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> what y'all need to know, the reason I always stop is because that first lady at Red Raider football, she's a speech therapist. Um, she says, Matt, you usually have a word-finding problem. That's the correct thing to say so she's got an issue because i'm back to ain't y'all and fixing um, <laughs> so they love the ain't y'all and fixing but they especially love when he's talking about putting a shoe up someone's butt there's the standard that's coaching them hard every single day all right by multiple people weight room academics how you act in the community all right and then obviously how you play between the lines that's important loving them hard that's pretty easy too. That's that's one arm around the neck, and that's two arms around the neck, and that's telling a kid doesn't matter what his skin color is, right, brown, brown, black, it don't matter, in state, out of state, I don't care. It, it says love you. We're gonna say it and we're gonna mean it. It'll be weird for him for a while. All right, y'all y'all buy in eventually. All right, but we're gonna love him hard and coach him hard. And then sometimes it's a size 13 Under Armour, right? Size 13 <laughs> Under Armour up their butt. All right, so it's all the yeah. I liked Matt Wells' press conference. Yeah, yeah, you're. Right. I think that was a you know I, I watched it so long ago. I think I kind of forgot that you know when you compare it to the others, it's pretty good. Wait, it was it, it, the, thing like, I love, the thing I love about that presser too is it's like it's not in like a a room. It's in like a it's like in the basketball arena or something. Like they've got it's it, they've got that thing packed uh, and people look hungry for success there at Texas Tech. You got like like that. No doubt. Absolutely. And, and it's a, wait, hold on. What? Under Armour, right? We're Under Armour? Yeah, it's a size 13 Under Armour. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, who we got coming up next? Uh, my 11th is Mel Tucker to Colorado. What do you think about this? Am I too high on this? No, 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 no. Mel Tucker's a top 10 hire for me. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I... First of all, like the pressers, he is so likable. Like I gave the pressers like a B plus, but he's so confident. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Uh, There's one quote, you know, the Colorado AD Rick George said Nick Saban's hired him three different times. So we said that's we think that speaks pretty highly of him. And so that's, you know, he's got a little the Nick the Nick Saban dust on him. Um, but I just think he's you know he's going to bring some SEC toughness. To the big of uh, to the to the Pac-12 rather, sorry, um, and I think he's 
you know, I, I think he's going to be a really good recruiter. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. My parents, um, my parents are in Cleveland still. Um, Mel Sr., who uh, raised me as a football, as a football man. He played football and baseball at the University of Toledo. He's in the Hall of Fame there. Oh man! I owe him everything. My parent, my mom, uh, Brenda, um, the the tremendous sacrifices that they made for myself and my two brothers. We were always first um, with them, and I I can never ever repay them. Um, but what I will do is I will try to pay forward. The uh... The, the Mel Tucker pedigree is just unlike you can't mess with it. Yeah, he's 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 coached some pretty good football players. Yeah, no, nah, I'm I I think that this is this one was sometimes the the coaching transition takes place and we as analysts who are asked to rank things all the time, including these coach rankings, sometimes you at least I feel like I have to make a decision whether I'm, I'm buying or selling. Do I, th- does this team in the big picture in the 30,000 view of 30,000 foot view of college football, has this program moved up or down in the pecking order? And Mel Tucker is a value added hire who I think makes me uh, more confident in what the next three years of Colorado f- football might look like. Agreed. Who's next? Uh, number 10. Out of the Mac, Central Michigan, Jim McElwain. This is where you're off. <laughs> so, okay, I, I, I understand. Like, at, at first glance, this seems too – you're saying it's too high, right? Way too high, yes. Okay, but look, who is Central Michigan hiring? Like, compare compare Jim McElwain to Central Michigan, a Central Michigan team that just, what, they won one game last year? Okay. Compare him to what his, his peers are getting. Compare him to, to NIU getting Thomas Hammock, who's never been a head coach. To Akron getting Tom Arth, who just went nine and thirteen in two seasons at Chattanooga, and to Bowling Green getting Scott Leffler, who's never even been a successful offensive coordinator, and then you're getting Jim McElwain, and I I get it, like we, you know, we're sort of we're down on Jim McElwain right now because of how things ended at Florida, but he still, even when he was at Florida, he won the East two years. When he was at Colorado State, that was a team that was. That he turned into a ten and three team in his third year there. Like, this is a guy that's like been proven to be successful. So, I get the sort of eye roll of Jim McElwain, but like when I really looked at it, it's like, man, who's who's Central Michigan gonna get ever that's better than Jim McElwain as a head coach? Central Michigan had Butch Jones and Brian Kelly. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I think I think Central Michigan should look at itself and think that there can there can't even even if the recent success has not been there, I think that Central Michigan should look at itself as a as a school that can be hiring really good power five coaches on the rise. I don't I, think I don't think Central Michigan should put itself in the position of hoping to get the last you know, a second wind out of Jim McElwain. But I think if you have a good coach in the MAC, you can dominate that conference. I mean, mm. look what look what's been happening at Toledo and and NIU. I mean, the, the teams that have good coaches are dominating that conference because I just think it's hard to win there. 
uh, hard to get players there. And if you start getting a little bit of a lead, I just think, yeah, I, I, I'm maybe I'm yeah, may, you could be right here. But I, I as I look objectively at this and try to try to not let the Florida departure, you know, Jade Jade, it just feels like this is a pretty pretty strong hire for Central for Central Michigan. Chippewa fans, this is Jim McElwain, your new head football coach. My wife Karen and I look forward to meeting each and every one of you, and I can't tell you how important your support is for our student athletes. We'll see you out at each and every game. And the big thing here, moving forward, fire up chips. Yeah, that was <laughs> uh, Number nine. Uh, number nine. Who'd I have a nine? Oh, East Carolina, Mike Houston. I'm a sucker for these FCS guys that crush it and then come to a group of five program. I, I think that they got a shot to be really good, really successful. This guy's a former high school coach. He's got like a uh, uh, what is it, crew cut. Is that what you call those? Like a military looking cut. Yeah. Haircut. Hey, it's Tough. great. Great in southeastern or east. Great in eastern North Carolina for sure. He's gonna that's gonna carry well. Uh, gonna the, play well. The Fayetteville, Fort Bragg. We're, we have one of the biggest military communities uh, on the East Coast throughout the eastern part of the state. Yeah, I thought he I thought he killed it. Uh, I mean, he looks like a tough, hard nosed high school football coach kind of guy. Um, but I just he's he's just been successful at James Madison, and I have no reason to think he's not gonna be successful at East Carolina too. So I. I'm pretty high in my rankings. I gave his presser an A minus. All right, who we got coming up next? Number eight, Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins. You want to do players choose brands right now? Roll it. In college, they can't do that. Recruits choose brands, and our brand should be as strong as anywhere in the country, and it is going to be. I am committed to that, um, building a culture, building a brand that attracts the elite players and keeps the ones that you have. Um, the, the big thing, that, and I tried to express it to the players, and it's going to take uh, some time for relationship building, but every single coach's office at Temple, and it'll be the same way here, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And these players are going to know how much I love them, how much I care for them. They're not just football players to me. They're members of our family. They're people that we deeply care about, that we're invested in their futures. Um, and I think those things are, are important. I And, like, we got the, the viral videos of him, like, kicking off the strength and conditioning winter sessions. Do you see him jumping into his players? Uh, no, I don't think I saw that. Yeah. But I mean, that's he's bringing energy, he, man. He's bringing energy. This was the best. This was my highest graded press conference. It is everything Georgia Tech needs. Whether whether he is a, I mean, I think he's a clearly a good coach. Whether he's like the best coach they could have hired, possibly in terms of like what he does on the football field, I don't know. But he's exactly what they need in terms of the big picture, in terms of someone that's going to promote the program. Can you imagine? If Paul Johnson was in a press conference and said, recruits choose brands, we need to make this brand as strong as possible. Like, no, like this is, he was so indifferent to all of that. Georgia Tech is sitting right smack dab in the middle of the most talented region Mm -hmm. in the country. And they don't do anything about it. And he is going to absolutely crush it in that way. He's going to do, I mean, he's going to work his tail off and, and trying to bring that together. They've already hired Brent Key, who is offensive line coach at Alabama and a really good recruiter there. 
They took Patrick Suttis, who's an off-field guy at Auburn, over there. Like they're hiring a really good staff um, from a recruiting standpoint, and I think that his vision for it is going to be really good. I had Collins as my number four hire. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could roll with that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's if for no other reason than he is going. He is a disruptor to what we had become very comfortable with in terms of what to expect from Georgia Tech and the ACC. Paul Johnson had that reign for so long, and everything about Paul Johnson was predictable except for you know the specifics of where the ball was going to be on an offensive snap. But Jeff Collins is not predictable. It's a wild card, and I think that's fun. So, yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, who, you know, I think we've all talked ourselves into how good Ryan Day is. Um, I think we've all been told how good Ryan Day is. I think none of us really know. Right. Uh, so this could be certainly a lot higher, but I don't know how you kind of make that. I don't know how you make them any higher than this, just given how little we really truly know, unless you've been in that program. So. I think it's a good hire. I, I, you know, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm on board with it. Um, but, you know, I don't know how you how you go any higher. What was your What was your press ranks. conference grade? Well, I mean, it was that weird presser with Urban, right? Oh yeah. Uh, he really. So, I don't know. I guess I give it like a. He still looked like you know he was sort of sitting next to Dad, and Dad sort of speaking for him, and it's really about Dad. Son. Son, go up yeah. and go up there and uh, because I'm I've got a, a clip. It was and I, I I think that Ryan Day uh, in that moment did not have the fluidity of delivery that you might expect from uh, a public speaker. I love you all very much. To the current team, this opportunity would not be possible. Pause. Without the current players and leaders of our team. Pause. They'll always have a special place in my heart Pause. for what they've done and where they've come from August to now. We are all part of something special here at Ohio State, and the culture that Urban Meyer has created here is strong. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. It also feels a little like, you know, when um, Eli Manning was drafted, uh, who was he drafted by? The, the Chargers. Chargers or whatever. And he was like, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, – I don't think we we really think this is the we'll, we'll, we don't think we think this is the best decision. Sort of like clearly it was just sort of his dad's message, right? You know, it just feels a little like all right that he's still not in control here. This is still Urban Meyer's show. We'll wait till Urban Meyer has his moment, and then when he really gets the job, we'll, we'll kind of see his real personality come out. Yeah, I agree. I did I did not give it high press conference grades, but how could you? How could you, how could I especially be the one out here telling you Ryan Day is, is not going to be successful? Uh, there's been no evidence presented to me to suggest that there's not a very, very, very high floor for the Ryan Day Buckeyes era. Yes. All right, what's next? Number six, West Virginia, Neil Brown, Ooh. the legend of Troy. Look, if West Virginia is getting a guy that Troy thinks that highly about, then, uh, I think you got to be on board with it. Um, air raid background, but physicality, fun, new age coach, but tough sort of mindset. 
and and left left Troy in sort of the you know the right way, said all the right things, and I, I just uh, you could have him as high as number one as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Um, but he's he's certainly a, a good hire, and, and you know number six seems like a good spot for him. People um, all day, every day, in a lot of ways, you don't ever have to really grow up. Um, so I just approach it in that in that way. Let's have fun. You, there's a, there's work time. There's play time. You can accomplish both. Um, I think you. I think if you look at what Clemson's done, they've proved that to be important. I don't know if there's any anybody having any more fun than Dabo Swinney right now. I mean, he's having a lot of fun, and uh, you know, had a, had an opportunity to go spend uh, three or four days in the spring, and just came away really impressed, and and really felt like, man, th- this is you know, one of the top programs in college football. And if they're doing it this way, I really feel, really feel sound in, in our approach as well. Man, Neil Brown. So Neil Brown uh. taking the Dabo approach. Well, I mean, he does look like uh, he would manage my insurance account. Yeah. So from the Dabo insurance salesman, he's Neil Brown is uh, down at the beach with a badass boat. What's a what's Neil do? Insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he got down here on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. But he's you know yeah he's living the life. He's living Um, it, man. (laughs) All right. Uh, who's next? You. I mean, this. These are kind of. 5A and 5B with Neil Brown, uh, 5 Scott Scott Satterfield of Louisville. Just a, I mean, Louisville, for all the hand-wringing about missing on Jeff Brom, like this guy may, may be better. I mean, he's just, I mean, the presser was forgettable, fine, nothing, not bad, not good. But he was, I think what he's done at App State, another team that blew somebody out with him, you know, already gone, uh, I think is such strong, they have such a strong culture that, program toughness uh louisville's such a mess right now it's going to take someone like him to get it rolling so i think he's uh i think he's a really good hire he was uh he was such a big part as an as a former player and as an assistant of like helping build the offense and the identity of a team that won and let's not forget, dog on what three or four national championships in a row, like in a bracketed FCS playoffs, Appalachian State year after year after year won the national championship. That's incredible. And then he's guided them from the SoCon. So his very first year is their last year of SoCon play. Then they make the transition season. Transition season starts on a very bad foot. They finished strong, and then basically since then, this 2015, first year they've been bowl eligible. They've been in a bowl game every year, and that team has won the bowl game every year, winning 11, 10, 9, and 10 games. Yeah, I mean, and they've, they've won four bowl, I mean, they've been 4-0 in bowl games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a stud. So I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to have any reason at all to uh, to doubt it. Yeah, it was three. It was two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Three straight NCAA national championships. Yeah, well, but that, he wasn't the head coach 
when they were winning those national championships. Though. No, but he was part of that. He played for Jerry Moore, and he was an assistant for Jerry Moore for about eight right, seasons. Right, right, right. Yes, yes. But uh, anyway, all right, so who's next? Uh, Holgo. Mm. Houston, Dana Holgerson. And I don't, again, this is one of those deals where it's like, who's hiring him? Like, I just don't, like, Houston is hiring a guy in Dana Holgerson that I'm not, A, it doesn't seem like he is, like, he could, in fact, be the mid-major coach or the group of five coach that does, is a content staying there for a while. B, he's about as good as you're going to find. C, he's having success at West Virginia. Um. And I just think there's uh, this is a one of those like who else, who who are you gonna get better than this? I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna be anyone better than this. So so as much as that program seems to be like kind of a mess, and the administration seems to be kind of a mess, I think Holgerson's a pretty good hire. I, you know, I've bumped into Tillman several times just because you know when I left here ten years ago. I left here uh, with, with a frown because, you know, one, I was going to Oklahoma, but two, um, <laughs> but, two but, but two, I just loved this city and this university so much. But obviously things worked out okay, but I always came back. I came back two, three, four, or five times a year uh, and, and just enjoyed uh, with this one. With this I think he might want to stay at Houston and just rack up AAC titles for the next 10 right. years. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm what my vibe is too. I could see Dana Holgerson was like, you know what? I did the power five thing. You can have it. Like if, if the right job and the right fit comes together, he could be, he would be all right with it. But in terms of quality of life, he, he has everything that he needs in Houston. And I, I could absolutely see this being a tremendous hire. No, right. You could argue that he would be, uh, the number two on my list. He would not be the number one, but at four, I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, next one, number three, Kansas State and Chris Kleiman. Kansas State fan base, be damned. This is a good hire. Am I higher than you would have him though? Because I, I would assume this is – I'm on the top end of most people's list here. I'd Kleiman at seven. Okay, which is probably fair. But I just think he – I mean, again, when you talk about the fit, the school – what what you have to be to be successful there? Uh, he's he's done it at North Dakota State. Um, he can build a program. Uh, you know he, he's he did take over for a legend, Craig he Bowl. Did. He did, but he also won. What is it? Won three straight national championships? Right, but I was I was just in turn like he he is very oh. used to stepping right. into the shadow of uh, the previous tenure. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was interesting. Like, I mean, he's very, um, like, reverent towards Bill Snyder. And it's clear he's going to have to sort of step by some landmines to try to make sure this thing works and and give the due respect and due process to the Bill Snyder and the Snyder family. Um, He's going to have to kiss the ring. Yeah, he's going to have to kiss the ring a lot. Um, but I did think it was interesting. He got a lot of questions about like, how do you know you'll be ready for this? Like you've coached in FCS or whatever. Like by the end of the presser, he was like, I mean, he he was like, in a, it wasn't outwardly, but you could sort of tell he was like, look, guys, what, what do you, what, 
how, how many more times I have to tell you? I've, I've won three three national championships. Uh, I can coach. Don't right. worry about that. So I think the uh, I think he'll be really good there. All right. Who's the the number two coach ranking? By the way, not just the press conference, though it is a good press conference. Who's your number two? Um, are you and do you the same number two as I have? He's my number one. Okay. All right. So my number two is Manny Diaz in Miami. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, just knows what that pro. Like, I, I've talked in the past about Miami needing to have a spread offense or something that caters to the 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 talent that they're that is available to them in that area. But more than that, what that program needs is just someone that understands why Miami's special, what Miami has to do to 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 channel the things that make Miami special and he's it like he gets it and the the presser I thought was an A presser like the things he said the messages he delivered like even to the point of like talking about how they wouldn't need to get youth football coaches involved and and engaged like that is absolutely on it like that's that is core to the foundation of, of Miami is that community. And like, he just gets it. And, uh, I, I think he is, I think we should all be glad my Manny Diaz is the head coach of Miami because I think he's going to get that program looking closer to what we think Miami should look like. He came out in that press conference on January 2nd and addressed right off the bat. One of the biggest issues about Miami football. And he said, yeah, nobody will be retained on the offensive staff. One of the hardest yeah. things I've had to do as a coach was let all of them know. And then he basically told you he was hiring uh, an offensive coordinator who was in the playoff. I guess at January 2nd, like he was like, yeah, I've got three. He said, I've got three uh, candidates for the offensive coordinator job. And they're all so good that you would think that my f- number four is an absolute steal. But he had to wait. Um, here's some more Manny Diaz. Now, 52 weeks ago, we were in a New Year's Day six game. 52 weeks ago. Obviously, this year at the University of Miami, we had a setback. Things can change quickly in football in both directions as we've seen. And as all successful people know, success is not always linear. The way to grow is not always linear. I could look at, uh, I could call up different examples. Obviously, we just had the, the playoff. We all saw Notre Dame walk out of Hard Rock 13 months ago with their tail between their legs. Damn right. This year did. they were one of the top four teams in college football as according to the, the playoff football committee. Clemson University under Dabo Swinney and Dabo's third year, they won six games. It took a reboot at Clemson. They haven't won less than 10 since, and they've certainly been competing for championships. So there is precedent for things changing quickly in the world of college football. Okay. I mean, preach it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was both on point, but also authentic and honest. And uh, I think that the bring on the Manny Diaz tenure. Absolutely. All right, and your number one, Hugh Freeze, Liberty <laughs> University. Where'd you have him? Twenty-three. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. So what? All right, you you go first then. Why? What's your holdup? Um. I just, I don't believe I. I need to see, I need to see Hugh Freeze show. Um, 
Oh, I, I just, I don't, I, I do not think that Hugh Freeze is the master uh, schemer on the level of him, him carrying a decided schematic advantage. Shout out to Charlie Weiss. And I believe that his recruiting is worthy to be questioned based on his experience at Ole Miss on whether it could be replicated elsewhere and set up at other places. And I think that while he won at a prolific rate that was historic to the Rebels program, some of that I look at as an institutional investment in raising the level of talent and not necessarily all associated with Hugh Freeze as the mastermind. If Hugh Freeze is going to declare that he did not know of all these things that were happening outside the program, then therefore you do not necessarily get credit for the success. Right. Well, I I, I do think that Hugh Freeze is, is a schematic stud. Uh, I think he is... is really good as a actual football coach um and all the other stuff the persona is i think like it fits liberty like if you're gonna go to liberty where they've hired the athletic director from baylor that presided over all the our brow stuff um a, a, a university that is very in your face about religion um then you you like the the hugh freeze presentation you like what he is uh presenting himself as and you like the religious guidance and spiritual guidance that he is going to try to 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 give you at 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 liberty hey man no one's gonna have a better sermon about forgiveness than hugh freeze Dude, the whole presser was like about redemption. Like it was just this like redemptive therapy session almost. Um, I've got a couple of these the clips. Fit. Tell me when you want them. Let's let's play the the, the world famous uh, handle uh, one. Okay. Yeah, it's faith. Uh, faith for me is uh, is believing in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and and He is the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Pardon? <laughs> if you know somebody else that can do that, I'd love to meet him. But I, I actually, it's a her, and it's a, it's a number that you already dialed. I, I haven't met that person yet, and he's the only one that can. And, and I told our team, regardless of whether you choose to believe exactly as I believe about faith, faith to me also is there, there's going to come a point in people's lives where you need something bigger than yourself. So let's see. Handle my junk. That's pretty good. And then I mean, he's just going to have to be subjective. Projected to to be in the butt of jokes for a while. Like it's gonna it's gonna take some time to to wear off. I think that while you you are spot on about the fit, I think that in my as I lined the hires up, I probably with my ranking of twenty three, I do not think I am giving. Um, I do not think I'm given credit for what a, what I will definitely agree is a good fit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what it's like. I think Jim McElwain at Central Michigan isn't a good hire for a lot of programs. It's just a good hire for Central Michigan. I think Hugh Freeze, even as much as I respect him as a football coach, I think it's a it's a terrible fit at a lot of programs. 
I just think it's a really good fit at Liberty. All right. Now we're talking about this. Ian, who was the second person that stepped foot on America? Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so, but I do know who the first one was. Everybody remembers the name Christopher Columbus. And, man, you know what I ask our players is how many have been to a bowl game and not a single one raised their hand. And I said right then, we want to be the Christopher Columbuses of Liberty University. And that's our goal. And that's our bowl game next year. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, are we, are we are we still claiming Christopher Columbus is the first person to set foot on America? Is that still something that we that we say like publicly and are we past that? We're like, Listen, I am not going to comment on the teachings of science and history at Liberty University. <laughs> my mentions in my email inbox is good as it is. Is that like? Is that even? If I were to say that Christopher Columbus was not the first person to set foot on America, is that uh, is that a controversial statement? Am I gonna get am I gonna get a lot of Twitter heat for that? No, you're not. But I do think that if you, I, might, though, right? I, 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 I might. think that if you ask children, if you say 1492, I think that pretty much everyone's gonna say Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> yeah. As long as we have a little jingle rhyme, it's gonna be accepted as fact at a young age. Yeah, but hey, it works. It works. It works for your for your presser, man. So um, what? So how can we get like um, a good uh, jingle for Indigenous Americans arrived from Russia? <laughs> <laughs> they came over the connected ice stover parts. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're right. <laughs> we j- it's not going to work as well. All right. So uh, Hugh Freeze, what is then the ceiling? I mean, I think he can get them to a bowl game. Absolutely. Uh, what is Liberty? Liberty are they uh independent? This will be their first. Um, this will be their first season that they are going to be able to compete in a bowl, I believe, from making the transition. Yeah. I just, I think he could. Uh, I think he won a lot of games with Liberty. I really do. I just, I just, I think with the way he can coach up offense, um, that's a program that is, you know, they're in a fairly talent rich area, um think they can schedule strategically and so yeah i mean they can get to a bulk i think they can be perennial bowl team with you freeze i'm uh. just curious what what his next job will be i'm curious if he'll how long he'll stay there if he doesn't who would who would be willing to hire him um i think there's still a lot of pushback from him being hired at, at, as a coordinator at some places so he kind of landed in the one program right now that would probably hire him is liberty I think that he stays there and has good offensive football and bowl teams for two seasons before a power five job decides everything's all good now. Yeah. Yeah. I would, if I would be surprised if, if the first two seasons are good, I would be surprised if he's back for a third. Yeah. (coughs) But we'll see. You're probably right. Um, well, Barton, that was fun. We've there done it. Was. it. We've done it. <laughs> That's off our desk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. And make sure that you subscribe, as always, to the Cover 3 College Football Podcast. That's going to be how you're going to get him first. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, uh, link back up on Thursday? Uh, yeah, let's do it. New show coming later this week. Subscribe. Barton, thank you very much. Sure.